Hello, and welcome to the Christ Church Cathedral podcast. This is the sermon from our celebration of the Holy Eucharist from July 18, 2021, by Bishop Susan Bell, recorded live at the cathedral. We hope these words will speak to your heart and mind. I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, each summer, we spend some significant time up in Georgian Bay. It's good to get away from the cityscapes we live in and for our eyes to be rested with green, with pasture, with crops. It's good to see livestock and deer and fox and watch raccoons in their natural habitat with an indulgent eye instead of annoyance. After all, it's much more their home up there than ours. Contrary to the usual struggle with city raccoons intent on breaking into our garbage at home. I remember a few years ago, we drove up north, just before it was about to rain. Livy, our youngest child, remarked on a bunch of cows lying down in a field that we were passing. I said, as my grandmother had always reliably told me, that cows do that to preserve a bit of dry ground just before the rain. And I said, it's just good horse sense. There was a pause, and then from the back seat I heard her say, but they're cows. So much family laughter later and an explanation of what's meant by horse sense, meaning actual common sense. Well, I guess this interchange was in my mind when it came to thinking through this week's sermon. Because both holidays and good horse sense have a bearing on the gospel this morning. So in the gospel reading from last week, after Herod's horrid feast in which he had John the Baptist beheaded, his people took John's body to a tomb. And with one more dead prophet, the people, the crowd, is left again directionless and bereft. They must have felt that God's voice to them had been silenced once more. Very, very hard. But there was another voice in their midst, Jesus. And in Jesus, they sensed a great hope, and they began to gather around him. Jesus and the disciples respond to their need, but soon they're run off their feet with the demands of this ministry. So Jesus takes his disciples away for a rest from all of their labors. I think it's interesting that Jesus' response to the momentum that they were gaining for his ministry of repentance and love is to call them aside for a rest. And I think that's an important acknowledgement of the demands of of self-giving love. I might even go further, and perhaps this, this says more about me than it does about the gospel story, but to say that I think that I see here the acknowledgement that such love poured out for others can also come with a bit of a shadow side, and that is that you might lose yourself in the process if you're not careful. So I think that Jesus' actions here are just so important, so compassionate, and so right, because with very little effort, we can identify with the busy life, the throng of demands, the ongoing needs, the pace of work, and work, and more work. 
And many will identify with the dangers about not perhaps taking adequate care of our own needs. In the case of the disciples, eating properly or at all because of busyness. We can identify with wanting to give ourselves in the work of the church. It's urgent and it's important and we feel called to it. But as life-giving as it is, it can also carry its own stress. And correcting that stress and that right-minded but costly overwork seems to be where the gospel might be going this morning. But no, <laughs> just like life, something else happens. Just as Jesus gets the disciples into the boat to take them away to a deserted place for some R&R, the people see them and they got to their destination ahead of them. And Mark says that instead of insisting on their rest, Jesus instead responded to their obvious need. And he had compassion on them. And he began to teach them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So what starts out as a story about the need for rest and restoration turns into a story of sacrifice and compassion. A story that is there in the gospel for a reason. Perhaps it's there to be a model of ministry, a model of self-care or a general model of Christian discipleship. Jesus shows compassion, compassion that asks for a flexibility and a responsiveness and yes, a sacrificial attitude from us. Surely it's not that Jesus and the disciples will never get a rest, just that the people needed them then and that the setting aside of their own need for rest for a time, for a season, was just as important as fulfilling their own needs. Sometimes fulfilling the demands of our Christian discipleship means that it's not about us. <laughs> That's not a popular thing to say, I know. We have invested a lot in appropriate boundaries and personal wellness, and this story is not here to mock or to devalue those things, not at all. In fact, in a society that pushes at us constantly, where people are often doing the work of what used to be two people, where COVID-19 is erase the work and leisure boundary, and frankly, our anxiety has meant that we seem to work all the time, that would be the last place that I think we might take this reading from Mark. Now, I think the clue to what is happening here is what was also happening in our story of David and the prophet Nathan and God in Samuel. Perhaps you'll remember that King David's journey had been long and difficult from pasture to palace, from shepherd boy to prince, from tenacious warrior to powerful king whose reign promised peace for the people at last, peace and, and a place of their own. Now David, king of Israel, by the grace of God, sat safely enthroned in Jerusalem and he was comfortable in a house of his own, finally. And he finally had time to compare his beautiful cedar home with the mere tent that sheltered the ark of God. The ark represented the presence of God among the people and David realized, or rather decides, that God deserves a house too, a splendid house and a home for the presence of God in their midst. And God, through the prophet Nathan, responds to David's construction plans by asking, in a sense, did you hear me complaining about living in a tent? 
God says, no, I prefer to be mobile, flexible, responsive, free to move about, not fixed in one place. God then turns the tables on David and says, I'm going to build you a house. And God promises to establish David in his line forever. And this is a no matter what promise, even if the descendants of David sin, even if evildoers threaten. But what I'm really interested in, in this story, is that bit about God remaining flexible, responsive, and mobile. And furthermore, that the Lord refused to be contained either in fact nor in the perception of God's people. And I think that's really a clue to God's essential character. And it's certainly borne out in Jesus' actions as well. When confronted by the needs of the people, the same folks who just had buried John the Baptist, the same who'd lost a prophet, a leader, what they thought was the prophet of the Most High, they were like sheep without a shepherd, directionless. They were unprotected. They were chaotic and searching. And Mark emphasizes Jesus' compassion. And Jesus expressed it by offering teaching. Mark says, and he began to teach them many things to, to give them direction and purpose and meaning. You know, it's interesting. In Mark's gospel, we're rarely told what Jesus teaches the people, but we're told how with compassion. I mean, I think we can assume that it was teaching about the kingdom of God and a vision of hope and justice for all, because after all, that, that vision was Jesus' agenda for the whole of his ministry. But the how is really key. As one commentator says, for Jesus, compassion is not just a feeling, but it's a doing. And Jesus had to show his followers that compassion is inherent, it's integral to discipleship. Compassion is a requirement on our part, even more so um, an urge on our part. It hits us in the, in the gut, it's visceral, and it sends us out into motion for the sake of the other, for the sake of the world. If you think about its etymology, Compassion means to have sympathy with. It's co-suffering. It's passion together. And so this gut feeling should, should cause us to go out of ourselves towards others. And that feeling deep in our gut then radiates throughout our bodies like, a, like an adrenaline rush. And it won't go away unless we let it go into the places and the spaces that need it desperately in our world. Sadly, all too often our compassion remains complacent. We might feel it, but we don't do anything about it. We don't act on it. We don't advance its essential truth. But here's the thing. There is no compassion unless it's known by the other and deeply, unless it's put into action. This is why Jesus was good news for the poor. He proclaimed and lived in a different way through compassion, co-passion, through teaching, through changing hearts and minds by building a transformed and a community that transformed each other through love. You know, there are different ways of approaching the law. 
the scripture. For Jesus, it wasn't about keeping the letter of the law, but about living its meaning and espousing the hope and the vision that's within the law. And to offer leadership in teaching and in acts of mercy and compassion that bring healing and, and, and set people free from what oppresses them was, is the shape of Jesus' ministry and the shape of all disciples' ministries. But the gospel also contains a good dollop of common sense, horse sense. We're reminded that we are not the Lord, <laughs> although we do the Lord's work, and therefore we need the discipline of rest and renewal in order to build the kingdom in the first place. Those are words to live by as we live through the midst of this exhausting pandemic. We're human, and we have finite limits of energy, even for compassion. Now, Rob, as you are confirmed today, set aside as God's own, confirmed with the power of the Holy Spirit to be the face and hands of Christ, these are particularly important words for you to take into yourself for the exercise of ministry and to be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Sometimes the gospel is very pragmatic, honoring the intention to rest from godly work and yet with the priority of a great compassion. And those are the messages from the gospel today. These stories tell us about the character of God and about how we're to be formed more and more to be like Jesus. That God is loving, compassionate, responsive, and we are to be so as well, but allowing for our limitations. And that seems to me to be very good horse sense. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Christ's Church Cathedral, with audio editing by yours truly, Eduardo Farias. For more information, go to cathedralhamilton.ca. We hope you would join us again soon. Have a blessed day.